0: From ghetto to ghetto, the
1: backyard to yard, I sell it with fun. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. It's been in the one and twos. seven three seven. 37 Grind is your number, or 877 374 7463. Again, we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. All right. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it's open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we discussed on yesterday, if you didn't have an opportunity to call or anything we're discussing today that you want to get off your chest, feel free to do that and call as well. The only thing we do is ask you to call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you want to reach out to me or follow me, you can do that at sportsgrind. And also, if you want to go ahead and stream the show live and leave comments, I'll reply to those on air in real time. If I get a chance to, if not, I'll reply to them later. But you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page as well, too, and leave comments and stream the show. And I'll respond to those. And also, keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week. 365 87737 grind. What's up Mr. Clark? Uh, working on a camera issue but ready to rock and roll, man. Oh, okay. Well, you can leave me off camera dangling nothing wrong with that, you know. I'm no, looking kind of rough know. today anyway. Anyway, all right. Um So, while Jonas tries to figure out the technical issues on the stream, I'll lay out to you what we've got going on on the docket today. Of course, you know it's going to be heavy. uh, NBA, uh, because we're in the playoffs, definitely got to react to the action last night. Also, definitely got to uh, react to, um, well, not react to, but preview the games tonight. Last night, we only had two, but we've got three on the docket uh, tonight, the NBA definitely got a lot of stuff to talk about uh, in regards to the NBA playoffs. Uh, definitely, also NBA wise, there was a coin flip that the two one zero region in my backyard um, has some interest in. And I'll let Jonas break this down in regards to the Spurs uh, and having this uh, backdoor behind the alley coin flip between them, the Rockets and the other lottery teams, which I even need to get educated on how this system works. Because I forgot the NBA changed this up a few years ago, but we'll get to that here shortly. Also, uh, I told you NHL hockey, uh, the puck drops. See, I was looking at when I say, hey, the NBA playoffs tip off. We kick off. Now I know the hockey, the puck dropped last night in the whole postseason. Um and I know Dante put out his uh Dante put out his predictions, okay? And one thing I didn't and, and now I'm gonna sound like Monday quarterback, but I'm gonna let you know just to let you know that I do pay attention to hockey at some point to where I know what I kind of know what I'm talking about when we get to this time of year. Dante talked about didn't he predict didn't he say go with the Edmonton Oilers, right? Ooh, you all right. Okay. Um all right, caught the all right, calm down. Um okay. Caught some air, swallowed some air, man. Just, just went down the wrong pipe, man. Just pause. But anyway, <laughs> look. Dante talked about the Edmonton Oilers, and normally, like I said, usually I'll tell you, like, hey, if I know they're going to win, if I say, hey, man, this is who I predict to do the Stanley Cup, I'll tell you, I've done that to start the Cup before. Uh, But this year, like I told you, I've watched, paid attention to hockey, but I didn't really get a feel on most teams. But the one team that I should have brought up uh, before yesterday was those L.A. Kings, okay? The Kings are – They're a very good defensive hockey team. Um, I've paid attention to quite a few of their games. Uh, But the hockey, the Kings, um, was able to go ahead and come back from being behind down to the Edmonton Oilers, 3-1 at one point. They came back to win that game in overtime. So, um, look, Dante's not the yeah. only one talking Oilers. Like I told you yesterday, I felt like it was the Bruins and everybody else. I mean, the Bruins got out to a victory uh, yesterday. And I think the Bruins is playing without even one of their best players. But the Bruins got out to a victory. But I will tell you, Dante's not the only one talking Edmonton Oilers. But I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Kings um, you know, because this is going to be a tough series, I believe, for them to get past the Kings because they're so good defensively. Uh, so that's kind of going on as well. The Stars, you know, look, they got off to a slow start. It looked like they were going to come back from behind. They lost in overtime as well. You had two overtime games in hockey last night. Um, and then also it will continue on uh, tonight as well also, uh, which I thought the Minnesota, the Wild, they, I thought that that was a game they really had to win because they kind of outplayed the stars anyway, so that would kind of been crushing if They would have lost that, but we'll keep you informed here and there on the, on the, on the puck on the ice over here, okay? 5-2 uh, player, man. I'm real wounded for the most part. So, you got the hockey under the way. NFL, I told you for the last week, you see most teams this week. Last week, they're starting their off season, uh, you know, conditioning programs. I know Deshaun Watson uh, met with the media this morning. Uh, we've got some audio on that. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, he's really telling you where he feels, where he's at, and really what this coming up season is about got a Russell Wilson update that I need to discuss like this is just like man you know it is what it is man I'm, I'm gonna get to that here shortly um You have that going on. Also, uh, what else? You know, I had a question because you told me yesterday, and I totally forgot. I mean, I knew about this fight, and, you know, honestly, since Floyd's left the game, uh, my boxing interest has kind of been like, okay, you know, I have to talk it if it's a big fight coming up. But I would say this is probably one of those fights that I've kind of been a little bit waiting for because I really want to put some things to bed, and that's that Garcia and Tank fight this weekend and you kind of remind me yesterday that that was going on so i wanted i mean of course you know we'll talk about it. i mean today's only tuesday up until friday usually we'll save friday uh you know for uh to, to let jonas know what we got going on in the weekend in the fight world in the ufc in the boxing but this is kind of a bigger fight but i wanted to pose the question on who do we really think need this fight more is it tank davis or is it garcia ryan garcia um And to me, the only, and I'll be straight up with you. Um, Look, I've been paying attention to Tank since they used to basically go ahead and throw him in the, uh, whatever they called it, you know, at Mayweather's camp. You know, whenever, when Mayweather would do those shows, HBO would follow him pre-fight these big fights years ago. And, you know, these twenty-four sevens that Mayweather, they kind of created around Mayweather for the first time years ago. Uh, I remember when he used to basically throw Tank as a young dude in the ring. And he would have him go against some of the toughest sparring partners in his gym. And Tank would sit there and it was one of those, I forgot what Mayweather called it, but it was just like you would rally everybody around the ring, everybody's beating. It's almost like fight club. But they would put, they would have the headgear on, but they would basically go ahead and just pretty much till somebody taps out. And Tank was always the one that would pretty much be. You know, kind of uh, On board, you know, with this not, I mean, The more I cover this fight, the more you're going to start hearing my dog bark If I keep saying tank, so you'll know why But anyway um, Now to be honest with you, Garcia If it wasn't for social media And y'all know I'm not even on social media that much you know, if, you, if it wasn't for social media and this dude for the last two, three years coming across my feed about, you know, his cars, uh, you know, having his friends put on the bodysuit and see who can basically take a punch from him in the stomach. Who is this guy for? I wouldn't even know about him. So to me, I'll answer the question. I mean, you can react on Twitter. I just put it out there for the world uh, for, you know, to ask, you know, really, you know, the question. I'll tell you that I think it is more important for. Ryan Garcia and Tank. Now, granted, they both got a Krispy Kreme donut. I don't think he, I know Tank hasn't lost. I don't think Ryan Garcia has lost. They haven't. What's the fight total between them? Like, how many more fights? Like, how many fights total does Garcia? And I'll have you time to look that up, Jones. But what I would like to know, if you don't have it in front of you now, but how many more fights do Garcia have compared to Tank Davis? Uh, Tank has five more than Ryan. And give me the age, the tell of the tape on the age on this one. Um, I mean, these are both pretty much young fighters. Um, What's the age difference on these two? Uh, Ryan's four years younger than Tank. Uh, So Ryan Garcia, 24. Tank Davis, 28. Okay. Now, look, I haven't really paid close attention to Ryan Garcia's fights, but I've seen Tank Davis fight. I will tell you this. I mean, unless somebody's going to tell me wrong, I would say this is Garcia's biggest fight that he's been in. OK, and uh, to me, there's always I always go back to that Canelo Mayweather fight. I mean, you know, honestly, and I've said this before when Mayweather signed that uh, 4 or six fight deal with Showtime years ago um, out of that whole six fights on that card. Um, and I think that was the one I don't know. I think that was sandwiched in maybe the Ricky Haddon was before that fight agreement I think it was maybe afterwards but anyway that whole stretch right there you know Canelo was his easiest fight and I always say that the reason why I've always said that I would have loved and everybody knows how I feel about Mayweather I love Mayweather but I would have always seen can I would have loved to have seen Canelo fight Mayweather Again, years later, because I think that particular fight, the only and Mayweather's was the best to do it in my eyes at his weight division. One of the best, you know, um, no disrespect. I mean, I don't think I'm going to, you know, it's always splitting hairs when people talk about Sugar Ray Leonard and all that kind of stuff. But I will tell you that Canelo, that particular fight, it was re- the reason why Mayweather dominated and taking nothing from Money May because I get Mayweather. But the reason why he made that fight look so easy is because Canelo had never been on that stage before. He had never fought a big fight at that particular time in his career. And he was younger. And I always said credit for him taking that because of his boss at that time, De La Hoya, that was managing Canelo at the time. De La Hoya never took those type of fights at that stage of his career. When he's fighting, he was Bob Arum used to always cherry pick his damn fights. The first fight I ever saw, you know, uh, him, uh, him take was probably going to be when he fought Trinidad. Okay. That Oscar, that was his first real fight to me, you know, fighting a hundred year old uh, Camacho, uh, Julio, not Camacho, I'm sorry, Julio Cesar Chavez didn't count for me. So I've always given credit. So my point is bringing it full circle before we move on, is that I want to see in this situation how a fighter does and, and Garcia has been running his mouth you know for years but I want to see how a fighter that's kind of not experienced in being in this stage how they act when they fight a guy like Davis because Davis has been in a couple big ones before Eight seven seven three seven all right but with all that said let's start with the National Basketball Association because it's their time it is the playoffs all right and um, last night we saw the defending champs Um, Go down 2-0. Sacramento Kings have taken control of this series at 2-0. Light the beam once again. Um, Look, this is one of these things, and, and I'm looking at this game yesterday and no one kind of going in and I talked about this yesterday in regards to the turnover situation with Golden State. And I know Steve Kerr tried to downplay it on his first, you know, timeout interview that coaches have to do and just said oh, I'm not worried about the turnovers. Let's talk about the good defense that we played this and that. Uh you know I love Steve Kerr. I think he's the best coach in basketball, but I disagree with him on that. And I do believe he's getting out coached in this particular series so far through two games now. Again, you know, this is coming down to bros and Joes. I think that has a lot to do with it besides just, I'm not trying to say Mike Brown is just X and Oing him to death, but I think if I'm being fair, Mike Brown is winning the chess battle uh, for these first couple, through these first couple games. But the Golden State Warriors, um, this is the wrong team, regardless how inexperienced they are, which I talked about before we started the series. Uh, despite that they haven't been in the playoffs in the franchise in over 15 years, um, despite all those things, despite Golden State being to so many finals, four titles, Steph, Clay, Draymond, the whole crew, the original big three, you cannot, they cannot turn over the ball at the clip that they are turning it over in this series against the Sacramento Kings. We talked about it yesterday. The Sacramento Kings, they turned those points, they turned those turnovers into fast points and points quickly, okay? Uh, You hear Mike Brown and every time I, we're going to let the thing fly. We're going to let it fly. Meaning like he's giving these young young kids the green light just to shoot and to go. Golden State is too loosey-goosey with the ball. And that includes Chef Curry with the pot. It does. And it's just crazy because I think to me it's something almost the style that they play. And I do believe Steve Kerr, and it's been like this, they've had this problem with turnovers for years. But I do believe that they have chosen – As a coaching staff led by Steve Kerr, players to be like, you know what, the way they move the ball, the way they play, Curry steady, running around on screens, passing the ball, cutting this way. They have chosen, like, look, we're going to live with it. We're going to live with it. And most teams, 29 other teams out of 30 in the NBA can't play with that and can't live with it. But the problem is they ran up against us. And and Sacramento's not the only team that can make you pay for turnovers. But they have – ran up against the worst matchup basically with, for one, how bad they've struggled on the road this year, which I do think they've given a better effort in these first two games on the road in a hostile environment than they have through 41 other forty one regular season road games. But the reality of it is they are turning the ball over at an alarming rate, and that is really where I look at it. That is really what these first two games are about. It's about Turnovers. Okay, credit to Sacramento, but it's about turnovers because Golden State is not as deep as they've been in the past and they're not as good on the road, mentally tough on the road. So what we've seen up till now, to be able to overcome what they've done in the past with turnovers. Okay, so that's, to me, that is really the number one reason why it is 0-2. Now let's go to some other things. Um. The other thing, let's talk about the Draymond Green situation. Draymond being Draymond, okay? Now, the question I have, is this justified on this one? Now, you never, you know, we all grew up, I mean, if you listen to this show, 70, 80% of y'all played sports growing up. That's even listening to this show, okay? Okay. So we all know about sportsmanship, and we know that you never deliberately want to do anything to harm an opponent. Whether uh, deliberately, whether you're talking basketball, football, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But it is a situation to where now I didn't see it. I don't know what incident Draymond Green's talking about in game one, but in the post game, Draymond's you know pretty much claiming that this is the second straight game that. He's been grabbed by the ankles by the same player, okay? I'm going to get to more of this because to me... A lot of this, and I won't say a lot of it, but there is a good portion of this that is a reputation's a reputation situation with Draymond Green. And I'll talk more about that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Crime. Today's show is being presented by dosek He's get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky online studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. The way Paradise like relaxing, black Latino and Anglo Saxon, the money exchange, the range, cast, Lord Travis and Bath, free at last, brand new whips to crash. Then we laugh in the illa path, the villa houses for the crew. How we do, all right, back here on the sports grind calvin casey jonas clark producing spinning the one and twos eight seven seven three seven grind is your number again that is eight seven seven three seven grind we are broadcasting here from the hazel sky online studios and we are uh today's show is being presented by dosaki's get a dose all right and this next segment is going to be sponsored by specs there's nothing like the arrival of spring and the uncompanied smell of fresh cut prices in the air at Specs. Nobody does wine like Specs with a Texas sized selection of world-class wines at lower prices, you'll find the perfect zine for the spring at Specs. Specs is an official sponsor of the Sports grind and it's official partner of your Cowboys as well to Dallas Cowboys as that. And don't forget, if you want delivery, if you you know, I always tell you this is the day and age where everybody likes everything delivered straight to their doorstep. Keep in mind, SpecsOnline.com. Get it delivered right to your doorstep. Eight seven seven three seven All right, back to the Kings situation before we moved from that game because uh, there's a couple other things I want to touch on in regards to that. Um, the turnovers they've got. Now, look, when they get back home, they're a totally different team this year at home than they are you know, on the road. Okay? But when they get back home, I'm pretty sure those turnovers are going to go down. All right? To a certain extent. But the clip that they're giving them up in game one or two is just crazy. Now, the other part, and let's go back to Draymond Green. Um, look, this is the, re- the like this is why I've been saying all year that, um, and for the new audience that have you know the new markets and stuff that we're in, I know the two one zero knows this, but I, I I've been looking, I, I've been here from the start with this Golden State thing. Okay, in regards to Steve Kerr showed up after Mark Jackson. All right, so I'm a big reader of body language. I'm a big reader of who they've got to change in and out, who they lost in free agency, who they, you know, pretty much replaced with. And that's why this whole year I've been pretty comfortable saying that, you know, this is a good chance I feel that this is Draymond's last year in a Golden State, you know, Warrior uniform. And this is the reason why I say, stuff like last night, okay, because keep in mind, you know, Golden State is starting to make a run. And they had cut it down to like – I mean, it was a one-point game at one time. Late with like maybe three minutes left to play, for three and a half minutes to play, a four-minute mark when this stuff went down uh, with um, my man – what's my man? Uh, Sabonis Sabonis, Sabonis and, and Draymond. Now, like I said, I don't know what he's talking about in game one where this is two games in a row Sabonis has grabbed his at his feet, the ankles. The refs hasn't done nothing about it. But they're about to make a run. They're pretty much – it. cut it down in one – and then they get a defensive stop, and then this happens, where, you know, coming out of the ball, they're going back the other way, and you see the reaction of, because I'm paying attention to the reaction of Steve Kerr, which afterwards he claims he didn't see it in real time. He asked one of his coaches. He didn't see it. Coach came and told him, hey, it's a good chance he's going to get ejected. You know, I'm paying attention to the uh, other player's Steph's face, and these are the situations where normally in the past, for the exceptions of, when he kicked LeBron in the package and he missed that game, and, so, and I say to this day, if he doesn't get suspended, Golden State wins that series. There is no 3-1 comeback. Um, They've been able to feed off this and win, and win titles. It's all like that old saying goes, it sounds cliche, but everything's fine and Danny as long as you're winning. And I feel when you look at things like last night, those are the things that I think that, If they don't keep resulting into wins and championships, especially what took place at the beginning of the season. Those are the things that I believe that eventually Draymond Green is going to find himself in L.A. All right. Now, when I pose the question, is this one justified to me? I particularly think if it was not Draymond Green, he probably wouldn't have got ejected. It wouldn't have been upgraded to the flag only because the only reason why I say that look, I don't care who it is. You step on somebody's chest, that's going to be a flagrant two, you're going to be out. But the only reason why I said he wouldn't have is because of what Sabonis did. Because, and, and, and you know, Sabonis did grab his feet and did try to lock him in. But due to the fact of Draymond's rep with refs, and I'm not talking about the kick with LeBron and all this, I'm talking about constantly every other play up and down the court looking at a ref bitching and complaining at them that they missed the call even if it ain't got nothing to do with Draymond refs are human man they pay attention to that. if anything I took away from the bill the, the Donahue situation the documentary that I watched on Netflix a year ago or so about Donahue was really how the refs it is a fact they do talk about like, hey man you know AI gonna get watched for this blah blah that it's fact and it follows you and it's followed Draymond so If Sacramento does pull this upset off, because granted, they are the three seed, uh, but Golden State's a six. But in the betting world, and I think most eyes, this would be an upset because there's a lot of people that probably there's a few people that took probably Sacramento. But then Sacramento might just be better than Golden State this year. They've showed in the regular season that they just might be just a better and deeper team, but it will be an upset. And I think if they do go out, depending on the fashion they go out, I think at that time, if you're Golden State in the front office, you kind of hit the reset button to a certain extent. And one of those pieces is probably moving on from Draymond Green. Now, with that said, before I move on from that game, the other one that I'm going to keep harping on because it's really to the point where I really, and it's crazy, I cannot remember an athlete in any sport that I've done a 180 on that quick on somebody that I have Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, I, I said it again, I don't condone teammates. Hitting and fighting like that, violent and probably whatever. Like I'm not trying to condone fighting. All I'm saying is that I can. I wasn't even there. Was thousands of miles away, but I can see why Draymond Green hit Jordan Poole with the one hitter quitter. Jordan Poole, the thing that I already told you about. You know the the shot selection he takes. You know he's loosey goosey with the ball, but everybody is. He but the problem I'm starting to have. He plays around too much. They're down 1-0. They're in a hostile environment. They're turning the ball over the clip. There's, at this time, a 7-8 point lead. He's on the bench. And basically, there's Sabonis who's sh- shooting the technical foul. Even at that time, and I saw him do this before, he's talking to one of his teammates, and he's doing some type of hex thing with his hands, and he's laughing about it when Draymond Green they call the timeout while the refs are going over there to view the film and view the video to see what their decision they're going to upgrade it to a, a flagrant 2 or not this and this Jordan Poole and and Draymond's having the exchange the exchange with the fans and stuff grabbing his cross Jordan Poole's over there laughing and laughing this or whatever during time he's over there smiling at the bench like bro like I look I've always said strength in numbers I've always said, hey, man, their front office has been running laps around most of the league for years now. They miscalculated on the importance of Gary Payton Jr. And number two, I think personally now hindsight's 20 because I didn't have a problem with it at the time. But now looking at it, they probably gave Jordan Poole that money, that amount of contract a little bit too soon. That's that's just my opinion. He plays around too much, man, and he and he feels himself really, really more than what he should. He's a heck of a player. He's comfort. And my thing, the reason why it is, is because like, man, the dude has come from humble grounds. Like the way he had to grind to even get on a team like Golden State to shine and do that, and he was rewarded, and he's turned into a whole different player. Don't know the don't know the kid personally, or I should say, young man. He's not a kid. I I don't know the young man personally. Probably would never meet him. But I can just tell from afar what kind of cat he is. And right now, when you're talking about playing with an organization that is trying to write history, continue to go through their legacy, and you're playing an up and coming, young gun, hungry type of team in Sacramento, and not only that, you've got your former coach over there that's a head coach that really probably knows the ins and outs more than any other matchup you're going to face. In the Western Conference Finals, or even if you—I mean, the Western Conference playoffs—period. And even if you get to the NBA Finals, and you're over there playing grab ass and laughing and joking around, yeah, I—I I, I can't. I, That—that I—that had me livid last night. That had me livid. I was like, man, I wish I was on the base somewhere. Okay. I wish you I don't know what's that up there the the uh, I forgot what station that is up there I was like maybe I need to try to get on up there because somebody needs to call Jordan Poole's ass tell him look bro uh remember you're Jordan Poole I know you might be as light as, as Steph I know y'all got the same you might be a light brother you're a light-skinned brother that falls in that category but you ain't Steph I know you as light as Clay Thompson A.K. John B you ain't him either you got one ring with them bro out of they four chill out like you're doing too much man he's doing too much and his production through these two games especially yesterday it wasn't there it was awful but he thinks it's cool to be laughing and playing grab ass and doing some hex on Sabonis while he's shooting a free throw and I'm like I'm looking at that and all I can think about it that's why Draymond punched your ass out 877 Three seven grind, yeah, they're up against it. I mean, make no doubt about it. I mean, game three. When is game three back in the bay? Is it a uh, Friday? Uh, uh, Thursday. Thursday. Okay. And
0: uh, early line
1: action. Warriors uh, favored by seven. Yeah, that's uh, a minus three hundred on the money line. Yeah, that's that shows you that they are anticipating a big blowout. I don't know what I, I will give you. I'll wait till Thursday to give you the. Handicap side of that, or how I would look at that, uh, but make no mistake about it. I mean, regardless what the line, the betting line is, this is a must-win, obviously for Golden State. Because I mean, you're not. I mean, they're in a situation where, and I've seen them do this. I mean, even last year, the year before, other runs. They, they. I mean, and tra- it was crazy about it. Is I, you know, props to Ernie. You know, Neto stat of the night. It wasn't that, but uh, Ernie put it out there. Didn't even know that Steph Curry had never has never been down O two before until now pretty impressive stat but the truth of the matter is man i've seen them go be down 2 one go protect home court and just get down to where hey we got to steal game six on the road and that's the reason why i think this is where they're headed they, if they've got they're gonna have to hold serve and then it's gonna come down to best two out of three and they're going to have to win either um game five on the road or they're gonna have to win game seven on the road okay they're capable of doing it but that's what they're going to have to do because I said, and until I see otherwise, and, and you know, to be honest with you, I, I'm feeling a little bit uneasy about saying that after seeing these first two games of Sacramento because the, in, the inexperience, the youth and not being there, it hasn't affected them, man. They, and, 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 again, we'll see more on the road. And the other thing I will sit there and say, because um, I said before the series I didn't think Sacramento would win a road game, and I said Golden State, I said, I don't know what game it's going to be, but they're going to win one of these games in Sacramento. The scary thing about it is that I didn't even take into consideration, okay, cuz I'm not a heavy stat guy, but I've seen Sacramento a lot and it kind of it even passes my mind where I forget, Sacramento's they've got a better road record over the course of this year than they almost had at home. They've they've got one of the top road records in the league. Like they're top 3 I think in wins on the road. So so to me, that's another thing that's scary to where that lets you know now playoffs are different, but that lets you know that they don't really lose focus too much going away from home. And their role player, their young road players, some of them guys shoot as just as good on the road as they do at home. What do you
0: got? Yeah, their 25 and 16 road record over the season puts them right there with the Celtics and the Sixers, only one game behind the Bucks in terms of road
1: performance. Yeah, man. Things have gotten real quick, escalated real quick in this first round for the defending champs. I mean, and I can tell you, uh, I can tell you right now, Monk, his game travels. And I heard Kenny talk about this last night. He, he's right. They're getting killed on the pick and roll. I, I've never, you know, I I mean, when if I go back to the Bogut, when they had Bogut, the era that they had him, There were some times where I've seen Steve Kerr's teams have some problems with the pick and roll, but I've never seen it this bad through this series because the truth of it is, is they've through two games, they've dared Darren Fox to hit open shots like from three point to beyond the top of the key. And it's cotton. And and I've been talking that. Now, you can't say that I'm Johnny B. Lately because I've been talking Darren Fox this whole year saying, hey, man, Darren's finally got it. I didn't see this with, uh, you know, Luke Walton. I didn't see he's been there for, but he's finally clicked. The game's finally slowed down. And so this doesn't shock me what Darren Fox is doing. But evidently, Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors, they didn't get the memo. Because they've got to come up with a better way to defend Darren Fox. They're leaving him too wide open. 8-7-7. And really, when I say wide open, they're back, they're giving him too much space. And the pick and roll is just horrible. Defense is just horrible. So we'll see. The ball's in Steve's curse court. Man, I've got faith in him, but sometimes it does come down to bros and joes. 3-7 grind. Also, the other game yesterday was Philly uh and Brooklyn. Uh credit to Brooklyn. I mean, they came out, you know, uh trying to, you know, 76ers really came out very sluggish uh in the first quarter, first half. They had a deficit of five points at halftime. Um, you know, credit to the 76ers and Embiid and Doc Rivers. I mean, whatever was said at halftime, they came out, uh, really took control of the game in the third quarter. Um, but, you know, Brooklyn, and I, and it just seems to me that Brooklyn got away from whatever was working in the first half. Again, that comes with a young team. Uh, you know, much as I love Jock Vaughn, he's done a hell of a job, but he's still a young coach. Um, and Doc's season, and this is the postseason, unless you go through it, you know, unless you go through it as a coach or a player, you gotta get uh, you know, baptized by fire. It's just the way it goes. But I think Philly showed in that second half who they were supposed to be. And I've told y'all this should be a gentleman's sweep or a sweep if best. 877, 37 grind. So looking forward, and we'll see. Now, do we think there's any suspension possible coming with Draymond Green? Have you heard that of anything, Jonathan? What's your thoughts on if he would be sus- Now, I doubt it. I mean, if this was a situation to where Sabonis fell down And they're trying to get back up And Draymond just steps on his chest like that Yes I think he's going to be suspended Or he should be suspended But due to the fact that you know me I'm a cause and effect type of guy You know due to the fact that Sabonis did that And and look and I've seen Draymond Get some BS excuses in the post Like some BS you know This is how I'm going to spin it But listening to him yesterday That was kind of legit It's like hey man I ain't that flexible There's only one way I can step but well, make no mistake about it, he knew what he was doing. I mean, Shaq said he done. He would do the same thing. I'm like Shaq, if you do something, the game would have been stopped by twenty five minutes because it the you know an ambulance would have had to come and they would have had to basically wheel him out if Shaq's big ass would have done it back in his time. So yeah, I'm I hope you in your size twenty two. But do you think he'll be suspended, Jonah? I'm gonna say
0: no. Um, I really don't think so. Uh, for for two different reasons, because you could look at it from the fact of okay, this is still early in the playoffs. Both teams have been a little bit chippy, um, especially on the road, and you can kind of see. Can can you without a doubt say that Draymond did that intentionally? It's a little bit difficult. Um, now, how I, I think part of that flagrant uh, and the ejection, I think I would say that part of it comes from him riling the crowd too, like. He was feeding all in, and that's when they were judging and trying to make this decision. That might be a good point. Whether they're supposed to do that or not, it's human nature. That's a totally different story. You might be right about that. But I think that that played a factor. Um, I don't think it's going to result in a suspension, but definitely they're going to be watching this a little bit more, a little bit tighter. Yeah,
1: and um, I know uh, Frank Valdez is checking in on Facebook Live. He said Monk had grabbed him game one. Okay, if if that's what he said, and I still didn't see that, but um, but you know it is what it is. But Hey man, you know your rep follow, your credit report follows you. Okay, everybody knows that, especially in this economy. Um, it, it follows you, and Draymond Green. I mean, I've seen, and it's the, it's nothing new, man. It's the history of basketball. Dennis Rodman had a reputation that he had to deal with, that carried him on. Who else would I would say that comes to my mind? Um, You've had guys. I'm going go old school. You had guys like Vernon Maxwell. That's had a reputation. Um, Rasheed Wallace was in that category. That's always leading the league with techs every year. Rasheed had a reputation. Um, let me see if I can give you one more. Those are really the ones that really come to my mind that a reputation can really follow you. And I'll go even one older one, but I don't, you know, that was just that whole team. I mean, that was just that time of era, the bad boys. I was going to say Bill Lambert, but that whole damn team had a rep. You know, but those are the ones that stick out to my mind. Guys that just have the rep that follows them because they always into something.
0: I'd slide our test slash. There you go. There you go. Good one.
1: Good one. See, I knew I could find another one, but that's a good exactly. Exactly. You know, and that that was definitely after the Arvin Malice in the Palace eight seven seven three seven grind. You listen to the Sports Grind today's show is being presented by Dossecs. Get a dose. We'll be back.